0: At least the first century church. In Acts 14, when Paul and Barnabas came back from their first missionary trip, in Acts 14 and verse 27, they gathered the whole church there to talk about all the things that God had done for them, and how he had opened up a door to the Gentiles. And tonight, we're blessed to hear from Brother Dale Byram. He's no stranger to the church here at Lehman. He and his wife, Karen, are with us. And I was talking to him before services tonight about how long his relationship has been going on with Lehman. And he said at least 10 years, but maybe it goes back even more than that. And we're excited to hear from him and the work that's going on over there. I met Dale at one of the preacher meetings here early on when I moved to Bowling Green. And we knew we had found out we had mutual friends that have worked with him in the Philippines and preached him and his work and looking forward to hearing from him tonight now is that better okay yeah I can hear myself and maybe a little loud I'm not sure I asked Randy should I put it here he said yeah most people don't put it high enough so I don't know how that is but anyway great to be with you tonight uh, I got a good number here tonight uh, didn't know I was that popular that's great uh, appreciate it and was talking notice you got two new elders John And Jim Humphreys told David, as we were talking together, the three of us, that you all had increased our support 300%. (laughs) That's not a wise thing for a missionary to get another elder in trouble like that. So, brother, I'm sorry. (laughs) Anyway, easier to get forgiveness than permission, I guess, but maybe not in this case. I don't know. Anyway, great to see you all, great to be with you. We appreciate the uh, relationship that we've had with you, financial fellowship, uh, but I also know with moral support and, and uh, encouragement, and what are you all looking at? Okay, my first slide, that's good, that's fine. Just want to make sure something else strange wasn't up there. Um, I don't know, I, really I don't know, probably 10 years, y'all started maybe more. Uh, when y'all started our support. John, you probably know more than I do about that, and we really, really appreciate it. Karen's with me tonight, and actually the first part of the presentation I'm going to show you tonight was really her trip, which is what we took this in, uh, in November. Uh, we got home about two and a half weeks ago, and so I'm going to show you that first because the rest of it's about the overall general nature of the work, and uh, what we're doing overall in the Philippines, but I didn't want to crowd this last trip out because it was really exciting. And if I leave that to the end, then I'm kind of rushing to get through all these slides. So, anyway, uh, tonight I'm just going to show you a little bit about what's going on, uh, give you a comprehensive overview. But like I say in the first part, it's going to be about the evidences seminars, youth uh, fellowship seminars that we did in and around Manila when we were there on the the trip last month and um, just want to let you all know that we really appreciate your support in every way. Now if I was, I think I was here about five years ago it was the last time I probably in person showed a presentation. Now since that time uh, I know that uh, the young people have done a couple of things on monitors and a multi-purpose room and that kind of thing where you have continuous play about uh, works from all your various missionaries, Uh, out there doing the work. And so we really appreciate that, and I love it when young people get involved. That was kind of exciting uh, when we presented that and and gave gave that over. Because our main work is with young people. I think I lost my... Uh-oh. We're going to lose this thing here. I'm back? Okay. Okay, I may come and go. I hope not. But uh, our primary work is with young people. And we really are excited about things, and we're going to show you. As we go along, you're going to see that most of who we work with are young, young people. Uh, in our mission team uh, of the Filipinos, we've got one man that's 44 years old, another one that's 40, and the rest of them are 35 and younger. And we work with a lot of young people, like teenagers and college students and so on uh, there. So you're going to see that the church is poised to do really, really well in the Philippines. Uh, for decades and generations to come, and that's the whole idea of mission work, isn't it? To, to lay the groundwork so we can work ourselves out of a job. We won't do that, of course, but we'll at least accelerate that as much as we can and as God helps us. So, I'm just going to launch into this thing. Before I forget, Karen always has to remind me, and I'm not tonight, honey. Um, this is a sign-up sheet. If you're not getting our email reports, we sent MailChimp. Uh, MailChimp is kind of a platform where we just kind of put pictures and captions together. When you open the body of your email, everything is in there. You don't have to click and link out to something else and wait for another page to load slowly. I don't like that myself. So when you open your email, it's right there, all the pictures and everything, even on your phone. So it's, it's going to be rare that I ever link you out to something else. So if you would like to do that, we're not going to inundate you with email reports. But we average a couple of month, and typically you can just kind of peruse and read through those in about five or six minutes. So if you'd like to do that, please don't forget the sign-up sheet here. But I do want to ask a big favor. When you sign this and you put your name and email address, please write legibly. <laughs> I, you have no idea how many times I, we have to emphasize that. And because we can't read it, you don't get it. All right. So I'm sorry. It, 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 your fault, not mine. So anyway, <laughs> I'm making a lot of friends tonight, aren't I, John? Uh, anyway. All right. It's more fun in the Philippines. That's the national slogan. And that really is true of the whole overall culture of the people there. I tell people when we take people with us, do these initiation meetings and, and so on, and I tell them right up front, it's more fun in the Philippines. If you can't have fun with Filipinos, then you just stay home. You're a dud. Don't go anywhere else in the world. Because with Filipinos, they love to laugh and sing and have fun. They really do. And they, th- their work is a joy. They don't consider it drudgery. It's not an obligation to them. Their work in Christ is who they are. And some things changed during COVID in the last couple of years where God taught us some very personal lessons about our relationship and the work and what our role actually is from what it used to be. And we're going to talk about that as we go along. All right. Now, if I point this back there, is it better? You know, we always want to just kind of point it at the screen. It doesn't work that well, does it? We're uh, Dale and Karen Byram. We're overseen by the Walnut Street Church in Dixon, Tennessee, congregation of about 750. They had great resources. Uh, The only person I knew there at the time that we went there to ask for their oversight was Steve Baggett, who used to preach in Franklin. Well, Walnut Street about 21 years ago came and took Steve away. All right, they literally came and stole him. They asked him to come there, and uh, that was a good choice on their part. Steve's a great guy. And so uh, they went there, and he's been there 21 years. So I went to Steve, and I said, what do you think the possibility is that we might receive Walnut Street's oversight? He said, I don't know. I'll kind of put your name in there, and then you come talk to them. So it's been a great relationship ever since, and they've been great supporters. Uh, I'm going to show you now where this is the whole country of the Philippines, and I'm going to show you now where we work in the Philippines, but you're not going to remember all these places as I go along in the presentation, okay? So don't try to link you know, who I'm talking about and where when I name these places to the place on the map I showed you in the second slide, because you won't be able to do it, okay? Uh, but we work, now right there is Manila, and that's a city of 14 million people, and I have, a really heart, I have a real heart for the people there because there's so much to do. But we work from Manila, all this area right here, okay? Now, not every single area, but that's the scope of our work right there. And we uh, work with a couple of congregations in and around Manila. We work with a couple of churches right up here in this large province, Isabella Province. We also work with a uh, newly resurrected congregation, up here in the very top of the country, in uh, Ilocos Norte. And uh, then we work with a couple of three congregations right down here in Pangasinan Province. And then just below that in Tarlac Province, we work with another congregation. So we're in that area, and as we go along tonight, we're going to show you people who work in all those areas. So let me get this thing going. Before COVID, when I left in March... April. When I left in April 2020, finally got out of the country, I got stuck there six weeks, fought to get out, had to get back to Manila just so I could fly home, took six weeks just to get back to Manila. So when I finally got there and came home, at that point in time, we were supporting five family units, I say we, the money was flowing through us, it's God's money and, and the brethren were supporting five family units in three locations. Now we're supporting 11 family units in eight locations. Now I say family units because three of those are singles and one is a full-time young lady, one of only two female full-time paid missionaries in the Philippines. And so we're very fortunate to have her because she's a very valuable resource. But we have eight families and then three singles. We've got two guys and a girl who are singles. And so we're going to be seeing these people as we go along. And so that's what happened during COVID. And there were three new church plants during COVID. In our mission statement, you're going to see in just a moment, we are primarily church planters, but we were not there to plant those three congregations. God really taught us a lesson that we're not really the primary ones to drive the work. There were a few years where we were looking for a young a uh, couple to come behind us and kind of work with us so we could n- kind of uh, nurture them and, and bring them along so that once we got too old to do the work, I mean, we're in our mid 60s, so, you know, we got to get some young ones behind us to come up and do the work and pass that on. That ought to be our legacy. And so we kept thinking, you know, we had one American couple we targeted, well, that didn't work out. Another young American couple, that didn't work out. Uh, My best friend, Wade Phillips, and his wife thought they were going to come to the Philippines. They're now in Guam, (laughs) so that didn't work out. Here's what happened. During COVID, all of this was going on with the work, and God doubled our work in the number of families that we're working with. Three congregations planted during that time, over 300 baptisms, and we weren't even in the country. So I guess really what they don't need us for are preaching, teaching, and evangelism. (laughs) we do all that, but we're not really needed for that. What God was trying to show us and tell us is, the Filipinos are your team. You don't need other Americans to come in with you and work because they're doing the work. And even today as we ate lunch with one of the elders at Mount Pleasant out at Cracker Barrel, they kind of complimented us for what we're doing and all that. And I said, you know what? I've always heard that great players make great coaches. And our role has changed completely. Where we thought that we were needed for preaching, teaching, and evangelism, that's not where we're really needed because the Filipinos are doing the work. What we're really needed for is counseling, mentoring, guiding a bit, being a resource, facilitating. That's really primarily what we do now. And God taught us that, that the Filipinos are your ministry team. And we're thankful for that. Isn't that what we want to accomplish in mission work? That's the whole goal, right? We want them to take the work on themselves. And so that's what happened. All right, so we're going to move on here. Uh, We are primarily church planters. Our priority is to plant new congregations. In the Philippines, where the Church of Christ does not exist and or to work with small, struggling congregations, which we feel need our help, We then establish those congregations by, number one, grounding them in the faith with solid doctrine, and number two, development of leadership so they'll be self-supporting, self-governing, self-propagating. And in the process of that, and I don't think I really need to qualify this, we're more interested in conversions, not just baptisms. Okay, it's a worthy goal. It's a serious and worthy goal. Those who are taught the gospel must first come to understand the commitment and dedication involved to serve Christ in His church. And when we started doing that, really teaching that your life on the other side of baptism is much different from what it was on the prior side, then we were retaining a larger percentage of numbers because we're doing solid teaching. And the Filipinos had learned some lessons from the past about planting congregations and kind of abandoning that work and going planting another one and another one and another one and not manage what you've already planted. You just lose what's behind you as you go along. And so they learned that lesson, and we're doing it differently now. This is my favorite slide of any presentation I ever do, and I even get emotional about it. How do you get emotional about text on a screen? Well, look at the message. The future of the Lord's Church in the Philippines is bright because of her young people. It is the youth in the Philippines who are the main drivers, the driving impetus of the excitement and what's going on in the Lord's church. The one thing about Filipino culture, all all Asian cultures are are different. Uh, The Filipino culture is a very unique Asian culture in that they really love to be together. Just as a culture. And then when you bring Christ into the picture, and and the whole idea of the church as being a family, they, they attach themselves even more to that concept and idea. They just love to be together, especially young people. They do anything together. They'll go to a movie. They'll go bowling. They'll go to the mall. They'll just hang out. They don't care what they do. They go out to eat. They just love to be together. And so that lends itself to a great situation in building the body of Christ. And young people are the main drivers of the church in the Philippines, and that is just so exciting as we watch it. It's amazing to us that teenagers love to hang out with 67-year-olds. They really, they love it. They they just and they just hang on everything we say. They they want to ask us questions about things. they have a high respect for age and wisdom and experience. I don't know how much wisdom I have, but they do have respect for that when they do hear it. And so uh, that's our role and what we're trying to do. Well, what we just did in November was really what Karen put together with Kyle Budd at Apologetics Press, and I, you know, I confess I really did nothing on this trip. I did nothing to prepare for this trip except carry boxes of books. <laughs> Karen had this idea of doing a Saturday, a Saturday, in the city of Manila with the young people there among the congregations on an Evidences Seminar and then picking good Filipino speakers to do the speaking on that Saturday. Well, long story short, it ended up being three different Saturdays, three in a row, in three different locations. And we had nearly 500 young people who attended this thing. Uh, We had Filipino speakers only no Americans, uh, 470 plus total attendance, 50 Churches of Christ represented. We, had, we gave books to 12 additional congregations. And then Heritage Bible College up in Baguio received 90 books for their use later on. Karen has already arranged with Kyle to do five different locations next year about this time. And so uh, I told her, I said, you, you've created a monster and you don't even know it. But it's a great thing. It's a great thing. Uh, this met with great success. And like I say, young people in the Philippines, they love to come together and have fun, and they did. And they have more fun in Christ than they have anywhere else in their lives. And so this is what happened out of all this. At the first congregation, we had 115-plus uh, youth gathered for this. We had two speakers that day. The second place was south of Manila and Cavite. Uh, we had 130 in attendance And then the third place, Olomopo City in Zambales Province, 200 plus in attendance. And every attendee got one of these books. I should have, do you have that book with you? It's it's the Truth Be Told book. Just hold it up where you are. Just hold it up high. And Truth Be Told book. Now, this is the second edition of that book. The third edition is out now with four additional chapters in it. That's the book that we're going to get next year. And Kyle, Apologetics Press, gave these books to us. All right? These were free. Next year, what is it? 1,200 books? 1,300 books, okay, uh, next year that we're going to get uh, to do these seminars. A couple of locations we won't have much to do with, but they're going to do their own. But three of the locations we're going to be involved with. And so uh, these met with with great success these are the speakers this guy on the left is 23 years old one of the brightest young men he's an engineer one of the brightest young men you'll ever listen to and was just really great so thanks to Kyle Budd Apologetics Press for providing all that uh, we had T-shirts <laughs> personalized, <laughs> and it, that's uh, yeah, that's a baby with a beard, right, uh, on there. That's my photo, and everybody got a T-shirt, got their own picture on the T-shirt. And that was pretty cool, and we got to do that next year. We got to do more of them. Not everybody who attended got one. Uh, I was lucky enough. But what I'm going to do now, that was our trip in November. What I'm going to do starting with this slide is kind of give you a comprehensive overview of the work and what's going on now in all the places and with all the people that we work with, okay? And so we start, first of all, where you see the arrows. That's uh, where we're working right here in Manila. We're working with the Metro South Church of Christ right in the very heart of Manila where opportunities for the gospel abound because there are 14 million people in Manila itself. That's a big city. It's very crowded. The traffic is unbelievable. Any American I ever hear complain about traffic in this country at rush hour in Nashville, I just laugh. I say, I just need to take you to Manila. And uh, so it's kind of fun. But we work with the congregation there. They're very evangelistic. They just purchased their first property in 36 years, and that was done thanks to the Woodburn congregation down the road. Uh, Woodburn had sold a piece of property on 31W, and they had a big sum of money. And uh, Metro South needed $36,000 to uh, purchase this property. They had never owned in their 35-year existence, or 36, uh, their own property. And every time they moved every two or three years, it kind of was a setback for them. Uh, They just had to kind of start all over and reset. And it was hindering the church and their growth and everything. So I saw an opportunity here, went to Woodburn, and they gave the whole amount. Isn't that great? And so we purchased this property, and they're going to build. Now, they don't have much room to build out. They don't have any room to build out because there are places on each side of what you're looking at in this room here. But they can always go up, and that's the way they do in the Philippines where they can't go out. They go up, and they're going to go up about five stories, and they're going to make classrooms and offices, and they're going to do that, and that's going to take more money later on. So pray about that, but uh, that's going to happen. And so uh, J.V. Carrione is the preacher there. He's 31 years old, one of the brightest young men you'll ever hear preach. This is his wife, Nora Faye, their daughter Shekinah. And Nora Faye is uh, pregnant, and they just found out they're going to have a little boy. And uh, uh, J.V. is rejoicing because uh, preachers there, they want to have boys to make what? More preachers. Uh, so that's, that's way they do in the Philippines. And so um, there's a couple of young ladies here. They're like daughters to us. This is the young lady. Uh, Sarah Bonogon she's our female full-time missionary Uh, she converted Kareen to Christ Um, long story but I don't have time to tell that and it's a good one but Metro South is very evangelistic they're always baptizing people teaching baptizing they've done a lot of online stuff and they have so many people scattered out in Manila it's hard for them to get together through the week so they have these sessions online uh, where they, uh, the wipes get together, the young professionals. They do Bible study and fellowship. Uh, this is Sarah and Corrine. And, uh, well, I'll just tell the story here. They converged on Manila from different parts of the Philippines. They didn't know each other. Sarah was raised in the church. Her dad's an elder. She has a spiritual pedigree about her. Uh, that She's got a great foundation. And when they came, they worked for eBay in an eBay call center, and they got trained there. And she met Corrine, invited Corrine to church. And at midnight one night after a final Bible study, we baptized her into Christ. And so they live together now. And we made Sarah a couple of years ago uh, our first full-time female missionary uh, thanks to a man named David Graziano up in Paducah. And I'll tell you more about that as we go along as well. Um, This is a a former girlfriend of Sarah's brother, uh, Carmina who was baptized when I first arrived in June back on my second trip okay this is, we're going to move on up now I'm just skipping around here this is not kind of disjointed at times but we're going to move up here to Isabella province where this family Edmar and Ireland Lynn Laneza, uh, work this congregation was planted five well nearly six years ago now and uh, that congregation is now uh, has this building has this property Again, thanks to David Graziano up in Paducah, Um, he came on a mission trip with his teenage daughter. And before he came, he paid for his own trip. He told me, he called me up, he said, don't ask me to preach, teach, read Bible, pray, do a personal Bible study, wait on the Lord's Supper. Don't ask me to do anything like that in front of anybody. He's just a real shy guy. He, He doesn't speak much, he doesn't say much. Uh, But he's always, the wheels are always turning. He's always thinking about what he can do. He's a giver. And so while he was there, we got kind of talking on the side about church property, and he overheard that, said, How much would it cost? We found a piece of property, and it cost $25,000. When we got back home, he said, If I give you $2,000 a month for 12 months, would that help? (laughs) I said, That's a rhetorical question. So we took that money and paid for this property. Well, he kept sending checks every month, and I told him, I said, David, you've met your obligation, uh, but he never replied. So after a couple of months, I told Karen we need to go talk to him. And so uh, long story short, again, I have to do this because this is like tip of the iceberg information. Uh, he has been giving $2,000 a month now in his sixth year and hasn't missed a month. Now, when this building and property were paid for with that money, Two years ago, we went back to David and said, are you going to continue giving? If not, I need to know. Or if you are, what do you want to do with the money? He said, I want to support some full-time workers. And so he started naming people. JV, the preacher you saw at Metro South, is one of those. Sarah was another one because he overheard her say she'd like to do what Brother Dale and Sister Karen do, be a full-time missionary. Uh, And so she is. And so he named another fellow down the road from uh, Edmar. And uh, then there's a couple others that he's supporting. Every month, supporting five full-time workers uh, with his money. And so we are very grateful for that. And uh, that just about doubled our ministry team. So that congregation at Rainer Mercedes now, planted nearly six years ago, is 80-plus souls and about one-third are youth. So they are the main drivers, the excitement in the church. This young man right here is Sarah's brother, We just acquired him. He just graduated from Bible college, four-year degree in Bible. And uh, he's gone to the Reina Mercedes congregation as a youth minister and associate minister as well. He's one of the singles we have. Edward Linaza, that is Edmar's brother. Uh, He's the one at the very top of the country where Edmar is from. Their home congregation was about to die and just go under. And so they got concerned about that. And they said, we want to go back and resurrect the church in our hometown. So Edward, who had never preached, came to Raina Mercedes to work with Edmar and another guy in our mission team to get him up and running as a preacher. After about six months, he got trained, very intensified training. He went back to Lawag, their hometown, and that's where he is now, resurrecting the congregation. It's a really great story. It's the Dingras Church of Christ, and that was the first Sunday we met. They've now got a meeting facility that was in their home, actually, under a carport. While we were there, these three young ladies right here were baptized into Christ, and here's Sarah. We call her R.C. That's her nickname, Relationship Connector. She connects people and brings them to Christ and helps us with Bible studies and so on. And so that's, uh, that's a lot of her value. This family here, Irwin and Cleophae Pondi, have four sons, two of which went to Singapore and studied and graduated from the Sunset International Bible Institute. Now these two young men right here, two young go to Bible school, but they'll be going to Heritage Bible College in two or three years when they graduate high school. And Wren's their older son, here on a Sunday, taught the teen boys where Sarah taught the teen girls. And that's her role in traveling around doing a lot of things. J.V., who is from that congregation, was invited up to preach that Sunday. And he preached on evangelism because that's what the Filipinos are all about. Everywhere they go. You know in Mark 16 where where Jesus said, go into all the world. And the idea of go means as you are going. That's what the Filipinos do. As they go, they're always talking Christ. They're inviting people to church. They're inviting people to sit down and study the Bible with them. This is another congregation that got planted about two years ago uh, just outside of Santiago City where Erwin Panday speaks and preaches Um, this young man right here, 17 years old and I was amazed at his song leading ability and when he was up there he was just swaying back and forth he was so excited to lead singing and he's a really, really good song leader too Uh, he learned and applied that knowledge and that skill and just does a great job that church is very youth driven now the reason I show this picture is because they even evangelize in their gyms you remember JV? alright, here's JV all right, We're up in Santiago. JV came up to work up there while we were there. But his dad, June Carion, works at this gym with a couple of these guys. And in the last four months, he's baptized two of the guys that he works with. While we were working out in that gym, June was walking around with his Bible and some notes and preaching and teaching to all the guys working out in that gym. He was just standing there, just teaching them the gospel about Jesus. And because he works there, they can't do anything else except leave, but they don't mind because the Philippines is a fairly religious country, and uh, they have a lot of freedom to do that kind of thing. Here's a couple here that we trust very much that works in Baguio City. They live there, work there. Uh, They're business people, uh, Jojo and Janet Ramos, some of the most respected people in all the Philippines. Back a couple of years ago, when we uh, when the Philippines had a, a very devastating typhoon that wiped a lot of houses and churches and people's livelihoods and even killed a lot of people, uh, we were, started raising some money back then. I was just hoping to get $15,000. I sent out a quick email, an urgent appeal. Ended up getting $86,075. Um, just from churches that came in in about a week's time. Oh, me of little faith. I was just hoping for 15,000. And with that, we were able to do a lot of things, feed a lot of people, rebuild a lot of homes, and also church buildings that had been wiped out completely. And so we're very thankful. And we put about 40,000 of that in their hands, and uh, they're very uh, in touch with what's going on in the church throughout that entire region. Uh, June Fuentes is a man that started Heritage Bible College in that same city of Baguio. June is a Filipino, but he was in the U.S. Navy for 28 years. He retired from the Navy, and his dream was always to go back home and start a Bible college. And he did about three years ago. They've already had one graduating class because they do a bachelor's degree program in two years. It's seven days a week. But they're attracting a lot of young people. It's an exciting Bible college. And we were able to meet with him, just kind of pick his brains about what he's doing there and how we might be involved. Uh, By sending Sarah, they take men and women there. It's not just a preaching school. So we're going to send Sarah up there to do some work. JV is great with young people. In fact, JV is the main driver that gets all the young people together and all the youth events in the city of Manila. He's the one that started that. And so here we are hanging out with some of those Heritage Bible students late one night. It was just a lot of fun to do that. J.V. and Sarah, I was sick during this time. I was at home laying down, but they went and they hung out with some uh, college uh, young professional types. And here is Sarah meeting with Ruth Trinidad. She's the only other full-time paid female missionary in the Philippines. She's 74 years old. And uh, she's supported by a congregation there where Jojo and Janet are. And so Sarah's planning to go live with her for about one month and kind of receive some mentoring, counseling, and training about what Ruth does in her work as well. We visited a congregation in these mountains right here. We had to hike one mile uh, up the foothills of this mountain to get to the La Silas Church. And when we got there, here's what we found on a Wednesday night. Uh, They even got some dogs as members there. They show up, dogs and cats, roosters, everything, goats even. And uh, we got a chance to speak to them, edify the congregation. Sarah taught children while we were up there. And then we had to go back down just before dark or else we would not find our way down. Then we visited some orphans in uh, Pangasinan province where Karen and I support. This is the province here. And uh, we support one of these young ladies here at the orphanage and this is the uh, Benogon family Sarah and J Lord J Lord is her brother who's up at Random Mercedes this is their family uh, her, her father and mother here and uh, brother and they've got another brother these are some other guys that showed up and we all spent the night in the house there uh, that's uh, Nestor is her father's name he's an elder in the church there on down to Santa Barbara, still in Pangasinan province, there's a congregation that's two years old, started by this young man, Mark Ebenezer, one of my former preacher students at Philippine Theological College. We had a big fellowship meal uh, Sunday night after we met. Uh, they meet on Sunday afternoon late, and then uh, they have fellowship meal together. And we had a youth day fellowship one Saturday, uh, we arranged this really for Sarah because Sarah had to be trained to speak and do public work and all that. And so I spoke to the teen boys. She spoke to the girls. Uh, we had an all-day affair on, um, on Saturday, uh, all-day event with the youth from three different congregations. These are the ladies here. And then we spoke to the guys. And they always give out certificates. They give recognition to anything you do there. Uh, the Benting Church of Christ is where Rod and Julie Ann Omanito work. They have uh, three daughters, 10, 14, and 16. They have a young man who's eight years old, uh, their son, and they're a great, great family that do great work in a very remote place. And so they gave me the opportunity to, to edify the congregation there. The San Carlos Church. Uh, Family, we met with them one day during the week. We were not able to be there on a Saturday. But uh, this man right here, um, Danielle Nachoman, was the preacher. Now, he's just recently left that congregation, but I'm going to tell you about that. Uh, This is uh, Danielle and Beverly and their family here. And then there's another family that lives next door, Christy and John Ray Kienes. Now Christy and Beverly are sisters, and so John Ray and Danielle are brothers-in-law, married to their sisters and so uh, are married to sisters and so they live next door to each other and they live in another town from where they've been working with churches already. I know all this is confusing. I'm trying to piece all this together best I can. But these two guys have decided to start a congregation in their hometown, of a population 50,000 where there's only one other congregation but it's so remote, nobody knows where it is and it hasn't grown in years. And so they want to start one in the city center and that's what we're doing right now. They're going to start meeting in January. So that'll be a new church plan. Danielle and John Ray are officially sanctioned chaplains by the government who teach values education in government offices. Now try that here. That has been a national mandate this year. The government mandated that all government offices from local on up to national offices, they must listen to values education from the Bible. And so as many of our preachers as possible went and got sanctioned as chaplains, or got certified so they could go do this very thing. And so that's what's happening now. And through that, we've had a couple of baptisms already in Aguilar where they're going to plant this new congregation. Isn't that great? So, all of that I just showed you took about six weeks to make a swing around Luzon. And uh, we did that and finally came back to Manila uh, where we also work with another congregation just northeast of Manila, uh, Casiglahan and Gulayan churches with Manny and Joyce Buhisan. This couple right here, whoops, I need to go back. All right, this couple right here, Manny and Joyce, there's Sarah, has gone and worked with them, and we went up there and worked in the congregations. Uh, They themselves baptized about, well, I keep pushing the wrong button. They themselves baptized about 250 people uh, during that typhoon situation I was telling you about earlier. And they work with the main congregation, Casa Gahan, who purchased their church property uh, July of last year. And uh, incidentally, the owners of that property, these people right here, were already attending the church services, but they were not members, weren't uh, Christians, and so they were recently baptized. And Jimmy is one of the main leaders in the congregation there now. Goliath Church of Christ, that got planted in early 2021 from that typhoon situation We got that $86,000. We had enough money being raised that they bought the property and put this church building up, and it'll hold about 60 people. So we have Saturday evangelism and feeding programs. Uh, We teach children while we do that. We teach adults. We have feeding programs, and uh, we just invite people from the community. And then after we go out and work hard, we like to go out and eat a good meal, and uh, Filipino food is very delicious. Sundays are Bible study and worship times. Sarah and Corrine teach children everywhere they go. And usually Sundays end up with baptisms into Christ from where they've been studying the Bible all week long. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, women. Like I said, this is like a 1.1% of everything that we're doing. <laughs> I gave you the tip of the iceberg and uh, that's about all I could do tonight. Because I think I'm done and you don't want me to talk any longer, right? (laughs) So anyway, I don't know. Can I open this up for any questions that anyone might have? Okay. I know I've used up the time, but does anybody have any questions or comments at all? Pretty much. In Manila, much better. Um, We can usually preach without a translator. But I can't talk as fast as I've been talking tonight. Uh, We have to slow down and talk like this and enunciate our words and not use slang and be very simple in what we say. But we can do it. And they usually get that very well. But if we need translation, we do. What I'm learning now in in some of my my sermons, I should have learned it long ago, but I'm, I'm Still not, not too late. I'm not dead yet. So as long as there's life, there's hope. And so uh, what I'm learning now is Taglish. Tagalog is their national language. And if I can work a little bit of Tagalog in with the English, where it really matters to help them understand certain concepts, then that's a big plus. And, so I'm, and they call that Taglish. And so that's what I'm learning to do now. Good question. And throughout the country, most of them understand English they find it hard to speak english because they just can't think up the vocabulary but if i talk they can usually understand and so that really aids itself in teaching anything else yes sir mike 80% of filipinos are catholic and about 99% of them don't know why all right then there are other there are denominations there there are other you know uh, churches under the umbrella of Christendom. Um, but of course, they are denominational or multi-denominational, interdenominational. denominational um, The Lord's church is doing very well and we can make a lot of inroads. We can usually gather groups of people together to study the Bible. Um, we don't really, I hate to say it this way, but we don't really like to baptize them immediately after one lesson Because they really just don't have a good grasp of what their life should be like. They don't really understand the full implication of baptism. But we can gather groups there and study, and they're always willing to listen to Bible studies. That's never a problem. But yes, they are active. Um, Honestly, the Catholic Church is not that active. They just want to retain their membership. But um, that doesn't really lend itself to people who are real dedicated Uh, to that cause and so that that gives us a chance to speak you know non-denominational Christianity yes sir well uh, they have Bibles that are in Tagalog and Ilican there are about 90 different dialects in the Philippines by the way none of which can communicate with the others so that's why they have Tagalog as a national language So if the two dialects come together, then they speak Tagalog. So most Filipinos can speak three languages. They speak English, Tagalog, and then their own dialect. And many of them speak two or three different dialects. They're very bright people. They have sharp minds, very flexible brains because they know all these languages. Um, And so getting back to your question, we have Filipinos who translate or talk in their own language. I normally don't do the teaching. I don't do the preaching. Like I say, that they don't really need me for that. Uh, it's not bad that I'm there. It's kind of an open door because they're very intrigued with Americans. We have a very good relationship in the Philippines uh, as Americans with Filipinos, and all of that is born out of World War II where we saved them from the Japanese. Okay, they have high respect for Americans. It's one of the few places in the world we can go, and we are actually liked. Okay, I mean, <laughs> Everywhere you go, they're very, just very intrigued and curious about who Americans are. And so that's kind of an open door. Uh, And then I kind of take a back seat because I don't want them to obey the gospel or come to Christ or or do anything just because I'm there. And so, you know, I might be an open door for them to get interested, but then the Filipinos do all the teaching and preaching and so on. And we never baptize. I never baptize anybody. I baptized one person in the Philippines in all my years, and that was an American nurse who came with us on a trip one time. She wanted me to baptize her. Otherwise, I never do. Anything else? Did I see another hand somewhere back there? No? Okay. God bless you all, and thank you all so much again for the support. In 1 Corinthians chapter 3, Paul said, I planted, Apollos watered, but God was causing the increase. We give God all the honor and glory and praise for everything that's done, all the growth that takes place. You know, we can, um, we can have all the ability in the world, we can speak well, we can sound eloquent, we can do all the right things, and yet God gives the increase. And that's what Paul, that was his primary thrust in, in that little paragraph. But you'll notice when the reading was read in, in verse 8, it says, he who plants and he who waters are one. Now, I kind of twist that around a little bit, just b- and take liberty with those words. And, and my point is that, that, that those who go and those who send are one. That word one, as I understand from the original language, means that we are of equal importance. Neither of us is more important than the other, whether we go or whether we send. We are all a team. I think the traditional thinking is that, that we missionaries are sort of the participants and you're the spectators. And that's not the way it is at all. In the church, we are all of the puzzle, neatly fit together to form the whole picture. None of us can do everything, but we can all do something. Some of us go and many of you send. If you did not sin, we could not go. And I just want to reemphasize that or emphasize that to you all and reiterate that over and over how important you are that we're a team together. It's what we're doing in the Philippines and then God is giving the increase over and above all that. So thank you very much for all everything you're doing. As we come together as the body of Christ each and every time it's a great opportunity to offer the invitation And tonight, I don't know what may have been said or what you may have seen or what you may have thought through all this process, this presentation, that may have touched your heart and mind in some way to respond to the gospel of Christ. Maybe as a New Testament Christian already, having been baptized into Christ for the remission of your sins, maybe having been a long-time member of the body of Christ, maybe there's something that just, just touched you in a way tonight that makes you think your life needs to be realigned with God's Word. And if that's the case tonight, we ask you to come. This is a great opportunity when we can embrace and pray together and encourage you in things about the Christian life. Or if you're not a Christian tonight and you want to repent of your sins, confess Christ that He is the Christ, the Son of the living God, be buried in baptism for the remission of your sins, allow God to add you to His body, the church, this is a great opportunity for that as well. And that's why we offer the invitation every time we get together. What a better time than when all Christians can embrace each other in that appeal. Let's stand and sing.